0: Buonasera a tutti, good evening and welcome to the Italian Radio Hour. I'm Viviana and I would like to welcome back our regular listeners and also welcome any new listeners. Also be sure to like us on Instagram and Facebook at Italian Radio Hour and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch up on any past video interviews. Vorrei dare il benvenuto ai nostri ascoltatori da tutto il mondo. Grazie per essere con noi anche oggi, mentre continuiamo il nostro viaggio per l'Italia e la cultura italiana. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Giorgio Spano, who is the co-founder, along with Nancy uh, Olnick, his wife, of Magazzino Italian Art. Magazzino Italian Art is a museum and research center dedicated to advancing scholarship and public appreciation of post-war and contemporary Italian art in the United States. Um, It is located in Cold Spring, um, New York, in the Hudson Valley. Ma prima pubblicità. Italiano? do you want to learn, improve, or master your Italian? Istituto Mondo Italiano can help. Located in the heart of Regent Square, Mondo Italiano offers small group classes and one-on-one private tutoring to help you learn Italian in no time. Visit online at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org. Un caffè, per favore. My first cup of coffee sets the tone for my entire day, and I get my coffee at La Prima Espresso. La Prima has been brewing Pittsburgh's best coffee for nearly 35 years. Try any of their in house roasted varieties of blends from all over the world at home, or come and enjoy an espresso or a cappuccino at any of their locations where their friendly baristas and familiar faces will make you feel at home. Because a trip to La Prima is like a trip to Italy, only closer to home. Well, I'm very excited to bring Giorgio Spano on uh, with us today uh, for a, a journey uh, into um, the Magazzino uh, Italian Art and uh, the definition of Arte Povera. Welcome to the program, Giorgio. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here and sharing my I would say journey into the world of Italian art uh, with the residents of Pittsburgh, uh, city that I never had the privilege to visit and that I hope I will be able to visit soon. Thank you for having me here today.
0: Uh, so Giorgio, uh, we always like to establish a, the direct connection between uh, our guests and uh, and Italy. <clears throat> I know that you are a native Italian, and I would almost dare to assume Sardinian by the "u" at the end of the last name. Am I close enough?
1: Yes, correct. I am from Sardinia. I was born in Iglesias, uh, in the province of Cagliari, which is the southern tip of Sardinia. is the mineral region of Sardinia, where many mines uh, exist since the Roman times, and uh, uh, who have been uh, um, widely developed uh, at the beginning of the 19th century and uh, in the 20th century was really the, the peak of the production of the, especially during the, uh, the war, first and second wars, uh, was uh, uh, the biggest production for the mining sites.
0: Mm-hmm. So from Sardinia to uh, straight to the United States, or did you live somewhere else? Or what brought you to the United States?
1: I grew up in Sardinia, and I went to school uh, where I attended uh, uh, Liceo Classico in both Cagliari and Oristano, which are two major towns, Cagliari being the capital. And, and uh, Oristano is uh, also a large city in, in the island. Uh, and after I went to uh, Pisa and attended the University of Pisa and from Pisa, uh, I came to New York.
0: Wonderful. At what point of your life did Nancy um, enter uh, your your life in a previous interview or she defined you as a renaissance man? So it must have been really kind of love of first sight on many different levels. But uh, if I may ask, um, uh, when
1: well, did that? Mm-hmm. Before uh, coming to New York, once I, I left Italy, I lived in Paris for, for a decade, and from Paris I came to, to New York. In New York, I had the privilege to be introduced to Nancy, and uh, we immediately fell in love. We had a lot of things in common, mm-hmm. but one thing that really was clear from day one was our love. For Italy and our love for Italian art.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we, toge-
0: mm-hmm.
1: we together uh, had uh, different ways of collecting. Nancy had started a wonderful collection of pop art and American art,
0: mm-hmm. while
1: my interest was more in, of course, in European art.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, you started then uh, to um, add pieces to uh, your uh, collection. Um, um, a trip to your first trip to Paris uh, together. I heard that you were just going from galleries to galleries, looking for uh, acquiring material and books and so forth. Uh, is that is that true?
1: Yes. Well, that was a trip that uh, we did when we acquired the current apartment where we live on it and we started a collection of Art Deco, uh, uh, French Art Deco to furnish this apartment. And we we didn't know much about Art Deco, especially Mm -hmm. not about French Art Deco, uh, Jean-Michel Franco, Pierre Charreau. So before starting the collection, we started a collection of books to Mm -hmm. study the movement and to know more about what it was done. We have always done this way. We mm-hmm. first uh, uh, try to learn about the topic. And once we know the topic it sufficiently, then we start the collection.
0: But okay.
1: so the first collection we started together was mm-hmm. not the collection of the, uh, the Art Deco from Paris, but was a collection and still is a collection very well known today of Murano Glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started uh, with a piece that we acquired at auction house in New York and then we continued the search and acquired many pieces all mm-hmm. through many years in Italy and many other places.
0: Mm-hmm. And the pieces are fantastic. I mean, ah. I've never seen, um, there were some pictures of uh uh, the pieces there are just uh, uh, wonderful. And uh, um, then there is also a publication that actually features the, the collection, is it, isn't it so?
1: There are several publications. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is a uh, Venetian glass, mm-hmm. uh, a, a publication designed by Massimo Vignel, and And Massimo was also a very dear friend of ours. And the second one, is Murano glass from the Onyx Expand collection. Mm-hmm. That is a publication that was created for the US tour of the exhibition. Mm-hmm. The US tour started in New York City. Uh, at the time, the museum was known as the American Craft Museum. And from there went to several other venues all around the United States. Mm-hmm. And from United States, went back to Europe, went to Milano, actually went to Milano the week of September 11, It was was a very difficult week to make a such fragile uh, collection to travel. But thanks to many persons who understood that the importance of actually continuing to uh, send art, uh, it was Murano Glass from the Onyxpan collection was the first art collection to leave New York after September 11. Mm-hmm. It was the first one to arrive in Milan, and was escorted by the Italian doganieri mm-hmm. to make sure that it would reach the museum on time for the opening.
0: Wow! Wow! What a what a story! Uh, and also, in in addition, you have mentioned Massimo and Lella Vignelli, uh, and uh, just two names and another another couple of geniuses tied by uh, eternal love and uh, so uh, it's the documentary about their lives is also a a good way to get into a little bit of their uh, design and and so forth. So um, you and Nancy obviously fascinated by many things. Um, uh, Architecture was probably also, something that uh, made you, um, you know, visit uh, um, some of the most outstanding ancient and modern examples, um, you know, going to different places. And but Spain played an important role. Um, you met the architect Alberto Campo Baeza there. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the experience and how eventually? Um, how important that meeting was in the, in the future of Magazzino.
1: Actually, before uh, telling you about Alberto Campo Paez, I would like to tell you how we met Alberto Campo Paese. Sure. Again, we met Alberto Campo Paese thanks to Massimo Vignelli. Mm. Massimo uh, uh, was the one of the art directors of the glorious Venini uh, glass works in Murano in Venice. And he was one of his first jobs out of the academy, where he graduated in uh, the School of Architecture in Venice. And actually, it was just after that work that Massimo came to the United States. So he was uh, the first person that we contacted uh, um, under the suggestion. Of David McFadden, who was the curator of the American Craft Museum. McFadden suggested us to meet Massimo because Massimo uh, was the one that he wanted to design the vitrines, the graphics, and the publication for the exhibition that was to take place at the American Craft Museum, which included only glass from our collection. So we went to and met with Massimo and Lela. Lela was, uh, uh, is uh, not only a partner in the business but the, the mother of his kids and uh, uh, his partner in life, very much like Nancy and I.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Immediately fell in love with this incredible couple and we of course, assigned uh, the job to Massimo to start the design of the graphic. That didn't take him much. He came back with uh, a small maquette, which basically was going to be the future exhibition display that was used in so many museums after that to display our collection. It was quite amazing. Uh, we then created the book uh, and we started the, the tour, which was very successful. Mm-hmm. So years later, uh, in, now uh, in the 2002, 2003, mm-hmm. uh, so when with, with the new millennium, the Vignelis have become very close family friends. And very often, they spend a weekend in our country house located in Garrison, New York, few mm-hmm. miles from where the museum is today located. Massimo did not like the house we had there. It was an old log cabin built in 1850 with uh, not much of the style that he, he loved. And uh, uh, it was not that very comfortable. Unfortunately, uh, the renovations that had been done all through the years had never been paid uh, a lot of attention and they were not done that accurately. Uh, so he always used to tell me, you have this beautiful apartment in, in, uh, in Italy, you have this beautiful house in New York and you have this uh, uh, log cabin, which don't really represents who you are. And uh, we have in town this architect, Alberto Campo Baeza, that is here to a uh, visiting, visiting professor from the University of Madrid in Spain. And I would like to bring him over here to give you a few ideas about a new home that you are going to build, I said Massimo, I'm not interested to be in new house, nor here, yeah, nor anywhere. A uh, few days later, he came over for a weekend and he hands me a book, a book on Alberto Campo Baez. I opened the book and I see there is a beautiful dedication to my dear friend, Massimo Vignale with all my pronunciation or whatever. The phrase was signed with Alberto Campo Baez. I was shocked, I said, Shame on you, you're giving me a book that has been donated to you. I said, no, 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 I'm not donating. I'm lending it to you. I want you to learn more about Alberto. And once you know, and uh, you meet him, and once you finish the building of the house, then you will return the book to me. And this is how I was first introduced to Alberto Campobias. That is uh,
0: is so amazing. And then uh, the... Uh, um, Alberto is. It's uh, uh, almost famous. It's so also famous for is uh, how exquisitely he illuminates, um, and the use of uh, glass and, and and so forth. Yeah, an amazing uh, structure. I have seen uh, some pictures of it. It's so, the use of
1: light that makes Alberto one of mm-hmm. the greatest architects of all times. Is the way he uses light. Light is. architecture Mm -hmm. and includes light in his architecture
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact we're just in process of building an addendum to Magazzino, is a -hmm. pavilion where a a cube that is part of the pavilion is Mm -hmm. designed by Alberto Campo Baeza where the light uh, plays a big role
0: a big role. Uh, so we're almost getting to Magazzino, but not yet. Uh, you, uh, you and Nancy moved to Rome for about uh, a year or two with your daughter Stella. And that's where you, it looks like there was uh, maybe uh, more of an exposure to the Arte Povera. Um, and uh, so I and um, uh, one uh, element also some of the installations that uh, is also their dimension so before we get to talk about magazzino, maybe it will be worth to explain what is arte povera in art because often we use uh, we hear uh, cucina povera and it, it speaks, you know, and sometimes it gets also mistranslated as the, for instance, the, the cuisine of the poor person versus the ingenuity, l'arte dell'arrangiarsi, but that is, we're talking about food, we're talking now about art and it looks like it has um, also a specific time frame. but what is the concept of arte povera?
1: Before uh, even saying anything about uh, arte povera, I would like to, let the listen, the listeners and the viewers know uh, more about how I get to Arte Povera myself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is um, more important than than any, because otherwise it would not be clear. Um, we, when we met Nancy and I, start uh, uh, going back uh, to Italy and to Europe a few times a year. Uh, usually we used to take at least uh, four uh, trips: uh, one in the fall, one in winter, one in spring, and one in summer. Uh, and every trip uh, was always started either in Milan, in Rome, or in Paris. Those were the three towns where we usually landed. Uh, most often, of course, we landed in Rome, and we. St- our love affair with Rome started immediately at the beginning of the 1990s. We met a young art dealer by the name of Saulo Bocchi who unfortunately is no longer with us. And we asked him a very simple question. We would be interested to get to know more about contemporary art, Italian contemporary art. We would like to know more about the contemporary artists uh, practicing today in Italy. and Ansaro was very simply uh, and very, he gave us uh, an answer without giving us one. He basically said to us, if you want to know more, go to this museum, go to Torino, and go to Castello di Rivoli. Castello di Rivoli, I never heard about the museum. Castello di Rivoli. What about Torino? Torino is an industrial town. I know they have a wonderful uh, uh, Egyptian museum, but uh, uh, I was not aware of this contemporary museum. Said, please uh, go there, spend the weekend. Uh, There is an exhibition now there, uh, curated by this um, uh, Dutch curator. Um, And once you see the exhibition, you tell me which ones are the works that you like the most. And we go from there. Hmm. Very challenging, but very intriguing. Um, so we book a train, Italy has wonderful trains, very comfortable trains. And from Rome, we went to Turin. From Turin, we rent a car and we went to Castello de Castello del Rivo not only had a wonderful exhibition, uh, but uh, he also had an incredible restaurant. The food was fantastic. But of course, what attracted us was this exhibition on Arte Povera. We had never heard the word Arte Povera before. We had never known anything about the movement about the artists and about the founder of the movement, Germano Celant. So we, we were like two, really two kids in Disney World. We really loved it. We went back to Rome and said to our friend Sauro, uh, when he asked us this question, so what did you like? We said to him, we liked everything. We liked all of them. There is no one that I like more than the other. I think this movement is uh, absolutely incredible. We want to know more. So he introduced us to another gallerist in Rome, Mario Pieroni. And we started the acquisitions of pieces of Arte Povera. This is how we started. We were at the very beginning of the 1990s. Uh, This was before our daughter Stella was born in 94. And we continued accumulating more and more of these works. A few years later, once Stella was born and attended the Italian school, uh, Guglielmo Marconi in uh, New York, we felt the need to bring her for a year in Italy, where we could um, learn more about Italian culture and. Uh, make her own Italian a better Italian. In that year, of course, we did not work. We took care of Stella and we took care of uh, our um, knowing more about not only Arte Povera but uh, Italian art uh, to go.
0: Wow. And then with the process of acquisition of pieces, uh at some point um when did you and nancy um develop the idea of creating a public space because um, one of the strongest philosophies that i perceive from Magazzino is that um, has to be for the public and also there is a constant dialogue between uh, the pieces the art and the public itself so at what point? you and nancy kind of sat at the table and say let's let's create this this uh, uh, and then um once it um, you have uh, uh, I will show then a short video about what magazzino uh, um, is all about
1: first we before even answering to the question i need uh, to express how much joy we both nancy and i took from sharing our first collection, which was the collection of Murano glass, with the public,
0: uh-huh.
1: we not even realized we had a collection of uh, of anything. Uh, we initially were contacted by Phyllis Lambert, who is the founder of uh, the CCA, the Canadian Centre for Architecture in Montreal, Canada, to lend uh, about fifty eight works of Carlos Carpa, which are part of the Murano Glass collection, to do an exhibition at the Musée des Arts Décoratifs in Montreal. We said, uh, we don't have a collection. Uh, and she says, no, 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 I think you do. I saw some of your uh, art of your glass work online, uh, in a museum in Brescia, where there was an exhibition of Carlos Carpa, and the most gorgeous pieces in the collection were your pieces. I would like to lend those, I mean, borrow the pieces, if you could lend it to us for an exhibition in Montreal while I'm opening the CCA. He said, Wow, well, uh, if you think we have a collection, we're going to send you the works. Uh, and so we did. The work of Carlos Carpa went to Montreal, the, uh, the exhibition was up for a mount. And in one month, they had over 18,000 visitors, which was huge for uh, a a museum uh, exhibiting uh, Murano glass in Montreal in April. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Subsequent to this, uh, uh, one of Nancy's uh, best friends from high school, the director of the American Craft Museum, asked Nancy if she would lend the entire collection of Moreno glass for the exhibition to be curated by David McFadden at the craft museum. We said, wow, if you think, if so many people now think that we have a collection. Now the joy of uh, sharing this with the public in Montreal was huge. We really loved sharing this and we realized that that was what was uh, the all collecting about, was about being able to uh, share with others that they didn't, neither had the fortune to own uh, those pieces or even being uh, uh, aware of the existence. So sharing was born together with putting uh, the collection on view first at the Musee des Arts Décoratifs in Montreal, then at the Craft Museum in, in New York and the other museums that follow. So we have learned that the pleasure of sharing is much higher than the pleasure of possessing this art. Mm-hmm. That possessing was really secondary. And the most important thing was really studying the subject and, and being able to share with others that have the same interest in knowing more, to enrich the life of somebody the same way the collection has enriched Nancy and my life. That is what we understood right away. So mm-hmm. before uh, even Magazzino was born, we understood how important was the, the sharing of the artwork that we were collecting. Mm-hmm. This is why we originally created the art program, the Holyxpano art program, that brought to United States 10 contemporary artists to develop uh, site-specific artwork for the park of our home in Garrison, New York.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they are again sharing the experience, it was wonderful bringing these young artists all in more or less mid-career, some younger than others uh, and sharing their uh, love for what they were doing first with us and then ourselves sharing it is with our friends with a small event that we would do every year in June where at the same time, we would also present the artists for the year after. We only decided to do one (laughs) artist year because we really wanted to devote a lot of our time to these artists and to really understand what the research was all about. That was our main concern. And being able to not only have them bringing the Italian art to the Adzon Valley, but also to speak about the Adzon Valley in Italy once they would go back. It was the concept of never sending the Elevero empty, to mm-hmm. always sending it with a passenger on board.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And,
1: and, and that is what we did. And it was quite uh, a reward, I have to say. Until the day we realized that uh, this is after uh, another request from the Italian Cultural Institute in London. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was an exhibition of Arte Povera that was taking place at the Tate Gallery and the director of the Italian uh, Cultural Institute in London uh, asked us if we would lend our collection uh, for the exhibition He said what collection again uh, we were at the time putting the warehousing, basically the, the, the artwork in London. And for some reason, one of the uh, person working in the warehouse knew this gentleman. Uh, and also uh, our friend uh, and inspiration to all of his, uh, Sauro Boki. Sauro was good friends to this director. And he had told him that most of our Arte Povera works that we had purchased during the 10 years before, basically, uh, were still in London, that we had not yet moved them to United States. Mm-hmm. We were waiting to have uh, a container, basically, and uh, put everything in a container that would have uh, reduced the the cost of uh, bringing the works to United States. We landed the pieces to the Cultural Institute and was a huge success. It was at the same time that the exhibition was taking place at the Tate and uh, the winter after we were asked by a museum in East Germany. Uh, East Germany now was no longer East Germany, it was part of Germany. And uh, this uh, wonderful exhibition on Arte Povera was taking place and they asked us for the collection. During that exhibition, we went to visit the museum in Magdeburg, former uh, communist country, this great town, industrial town. But the most beautiful thing in this town was this exhibition. We were blown away. And this is where at that point we realized that it was really important for us to do what we did with Murano glass, to share our art povera uh, collection. Then we realized we had a collection with the local community in Cold Spring. Mm-hmm. Cold Spring has given a lot to us. We raised three children. We have had this wonderful country house. I have learned how to garden, to, uh, to run a small farm with livestock and little animals. So for me, Cold Spring represents really my really home in, mm-hmm. in America. So it was very important that I would share this with the local community. So we started looking for an appropriate building. Uh, Cybercrone was available for sale. We put an offer. Our offer was not accepted, unfortunately. So we started looking around in uh, neighboring towns, especially Beacon. Beacon uh, had just started uh, the adventure with the DIA Foundation. So we thought that Beacon would be, but we said no we want the museum to be in Phillipstown. Phillipstown is the municipality that encompasses both um, Cold Spring and uh, and Garrison. And also Nensalville is a municipality that includes these three little villages, Cold Spring being the more important, the, I mean, the biggest in population. Uh, we said, no, no, we want to go back. Let's go back to the original cellar <laughs> of uh, the space who had not been able to sell when we said to him again uh, you know this is our offer would you be still interested and at that point he said yes he said yes we purchased the building and now we needed to renovate the building and uh, bring the art so we said oh just let's paint it in white make it very simple and let's use the architect that was the project manager for the building of our house by Alberto Campo Baeza in Garrison. His name is Miguel Quismondo. Miguel is not only a very talented architect, but uh, he is also very ambitious. And uh, together with the plan of uh, painting the, the building, he also proposed and offered to build an addendum and a different concrete, which uh, would create an internal piazza that would uh, permit us to do our uh, cinema in piazza in summer and etc. Uh, etc. Et this is how this piece was born. This is how the project of Magazzino was created thanks to the talent of uh, uh, Miguel Quisbondo, the wisdom of Nancy, which immediately uh, accepted the project. To me, I was very
0: reluctant <laughs>
1: reluctant, because the dollar sign of, uh, of <laughs> building such, a, such ext- a building. And I said, what are we gonna do with all this? I mean, what do we don't really need. Uh, we're only going to have three friends a, a week coming to see the collection, you know. This and now is,
0: we're talking about over 50,000. <laughs> now we
1: have uh, much more people coming, uh, so we, at the beginning I wasn't that yeah. sure that uh, people would be interested in Artepovera. So all this said, now I'm going to speak more about what Arte Povera is.
0: Exactly. Uh, Yes. uh, And uh, let's uh, let's enjoy a little video um, that is going to take us through, uh, you know, the 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 mission of the uh, magazino uh, so that also we can we can add a little visual to what you have uh, shared with us uh, so far. So just one second, I'm going to try to get the technology to be our ally and Enjoy
2: a minute or so. Magazzillo Italian Art is a museum and research center located in Cold Spring, New York, in the heart of the Hudson Valley, just an hour away from New York City. Our mission is to showcase and uh, increase like research on Italian post-war and uh, contemporary art. Magazino was founded by Nancy Olnick and Giorgio Spano in June 2017 the fall of 2018, Magazzino Italian Art became a foundation and we are a 501C3. We are a private operating uh, foundation that really focuses its energy in uh, supporting and showcasing Italian art uh, from uh, the mid-50s until today.
0: One thing Georgia and I have really learned from this experience is how important sharing with the community, with the public. And it's become much more important than collecting just for collecting's sake. So when Magazino became a foundation, we wanted to be something to leave as a legacy that will continue after us. We have donated the land, the building, and a significant part of the collection, so Magazzino will remain for future generations, because that is really what has become the most important aspect to us.
1: So this is what also Magazzino is. is something that will tie, and wants to tie, the local community with the communities in Italy, to bring happiness, educate, share what our artists do with the local artists here and make sure always that Magazzino is there to welcome warmly the local community and whoever wants to share the passion for art.
2: Since its opening in June 2017, we hosted over 50,000 visitors and we were able to produce and realize a number of exhibitions and events of Italian artists, American artists that are reflecting on their links to Italian culture as well as a number of programs from lecture series to film screenings to concerts. We were able to offer uh, scholarships like to local students as well. We do offer a fellowship to scholars on Italian art international. Looking at the future, we're building a new pavilion, the Robert Olnick Pavilion, which will host more temporary exhibitions, a design gallery, a cafe with a shop, and finally, an education department that will help us to really have programming all year round it's our mission to really make Magazzino a place that is open that is friendly that is welcoming to everyone and to inspire new generation of art lovers like throughout
0: Visual to accompany the message that uh, you in the interview and Nancy also expressed um, in uh, in the video. And actually, there was some one moment <clears throat> of the video where I actually felt transported uh, to uh, a fellow Sardinian uh, museum, uh, the Nivola Museum. Somehow, there was a, there were a few seconds where. Um, uh, I, I I felt, and I think you had an exhibit uh,
1: about him. Costantino Nivola, mm-hmm. Nivola uh,
0: pardon me, pardon me for the
1: He's <laughs> uh, a Sardinian artist,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, we didn't do an exhibition at Magazzino because he's uh, Sardinian like me, but because he's a wonderful artist and he's a very important artist mm-hmm. that invented the sand casting. Costantino Nivola came to America Uh, to save his wife uh, from the persecution of the Russian laws in Italy. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was from Jewish origins, so they were forced to uh, leave Italy, and from Italy they came to New York, Mm -hmm. where in New York, Costantino Nivola became the uh, art director of the Olivetti uh, Mm -hmm. exhibition space on Fifth Avenue and while uh, uh, living his first years uh, in New York he met with Le Corbusier which he had a long-standing uh, love affair and uh, uh, rented a house in the springs in Long Island where he became friend to all the group of uh, American artists including Jackson, Paul de Kooning, and and all the others that they were at the time operating uh, out of studios there in Long Island. While in Long Island, he, uh, poor artist, uh, interested to the sculpture, could not afford the price of marble, but his house was right on the beach. So he had a valuable lot of sand. And by using his old work, he was free to make. So he was able to, by using the sand, invented the technique in that is known as the sand casting. And did a lot of uh, sculpture all through public um, buildings in New York State, schools and other governmental buildings that you can find in both New York City and the major cities all around the states. But he also went in other states outside outside New York State. And uh, (laughs) I fell in love with his work and uh, even though we had no works of Costantino Nivol in our collection, we had none, we had zero, uh, it was the very first exhibition that we made without having the work coming out of our own collection. It was something totally new for us, but the family was uh, very receptive uh, and we were able to uh, borrow works from the institutions in Sardinia, including the uh, Museo Nivola in Oran, his on town, and many other collectors here in New York, uh, and and, uh, and Massachusetts. And we were able to do a publication that today exists that is uh, actually um, uh, you can see online on our website. And if you come to visit Magazino soon, we will have our book uh, shop open and you are and you also want to be able to acquire the publications mm-hmm. because we think that that is something that we want also share. Of course, we can afford it to donate these publications to everyone. We donated it to university, to research centers, to the researchers themselves, that they come to work at Magazzino. But we cannot give a book obviously to every visitor that comes in. But if anyone is interested to acquire our publications, soon they will be available on our uh, museum shop.
0: Wonderful. Uh, So before this little detour to talk about uh, uh, Nivola, we were getting into um, talk more about Arte Povera, and uh, also some of the uh, activities and uh, um, presentations that occur regularly at uh, uh, Magazzino. Um, I see uh, Dr. Laura um, Petican, Petican <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, being a, a, a regular contributor as an art uh, historian, and curator, and author herself. So uh, yes, let's dive in a little bit into the Arte Povera, some of the programs that have either they're coming up or just concluded. <clears throat> and then we will w- invite everyone to come and visit because uh, it is indeed a resource that is one of a kind um, that uh, um, so but I'm, I'm going to leave it up to um, I'm going to pass the, the, the microphone to you, so to speak.
1: So harte povera is uh, two words that have been used for the first time by uh, Germano Celant. Germano Celante was the theorician behind the movement. Born in Genova, unfortunately Germano uh, left us during COVID. Uh, Nancy and I were probably among the last persons to see uh, Germano uh, the evening that he left uh, to Milan. Uh, where his arrival, unfortunately, was uh, uh, um, hospitalized uh, in in the hospital in Milan and never came out of that hospital. Uh, So it was very sad for us because two weeks later, Germano was to present Nancy and and I uh, life uh, to the Association of the American Appraisers in New York City uh so it was really really uh, sad and uh next week we are going to uh, dedicate our uh, center uh our educational center to germano gerant which is a, a research center uh, and educational center dedicated to italian art so he highly deserves this because He has always advised us. uh, He has never asked us for any compensation uh, of any sort. He was very happy that the Arte Povera was finally having a home in the United States. Mm -hmm. So he created these two worlds in the same way and inspired by this uh, theater, a group of theater in Poland in the 1960s that uh, uh, had uh, done uh, representations without having too many questions with the expoliation basically of all those elements that sometimes makes theater too theatrical and where the uh, theater uh, uh, gets much more attention with the acting of the actors and not with whatever surrounds the, 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 the acting itself. So in the same way, Arte Povera is that art that comes from nature. Nature is an inspiration, and the works uh, don't need to be in a frame to be displayed. You can display a piece of marble before it even becomes a sculpture, and it's a sculpture itself. That is what Arte Povera is all about. Is not including the unnecessary. Whatever is not necessary doesn't need to be there. It is a completely new way of thinking. It's not about objet trouvé. It's not about uh, Dadaism. It's not about even through Where movements that were there born before Arte Povera is about. Uh, being able to connect life and nature and art mm-hmm. and put these together and create life artwork uh, mario Merz, who was one of the um, group uh, who was part of this group uh, used for example the fibonacci sequence mathematical fibonacci sequence that uh, uh, was uh, um, founded by this uh, benedictine monk in the 1200s i believe or, or 12 or 1300s I, mean, I don't remember exactly but what i know exactly is that what inspired him to find the sequence was watching the birth rate of rabbits and uh, find out that there was a very precise sequence in nature also by looking a sunflower where all the seeds were uh, represented in a very precise way. So in the same way, Mario Merz inspired himself from nature when he does the herbario with all the plants from New Zealand, uh, which we have in the collection today, or where he he does all the Fibonacci sequence numbers that you can see uh, with uh, the deer, the head of a deer uh, in one of the galleries magazine today. And uh, you also can see very clearly with the work of Giuseppe Pennone and, and, and his, uh, uh, bringing the core of a tree, uh, the heart of a tree. Uh, Penone has never used a live tree to do his sculpture. He has always carved trees that were found already uh, dead in the forest. But he was able to show to the viewer the very art, the very inside of a tree, how the architecture of the tree is composed, which is a beautiful thing. And how to include the growth of a tree with uh, an element either in bronze or a stone that it can be put together in a growth with a tree. So all these elements uh, are, are what have fascinated uh, this, uh, this, this group. Or Pierpaolo Cazzolari and the use of ice. The use of, uh, uh, of ice to uh, generate a sculpture. Um, or the alchemy of Zorio. Uh, and that there is uh, alchemy in, in, in everyone's uh, life. Or Paolini. Paolini and, and his poetry and is going back to uh, the, uh, 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 the, the the classicism of Italian art, and and, and and also this cultural works of both Roman and Greek periods and work together with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all each one of them have uh, included these values into their research. Mm-hmm. Giano uh, all, uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, uh, Anselmo Giovanni Anselmo uh, that guides us with direzione or uh, Il blue oltre mare the, 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 the views that how it would display what you can see with your eyes and uh, above the, uh, the the horizon line. Mm-hmm. What is that blue that you see in front? This, this is disease the sky? What is that definition there? that including uh, uh, nature into in this? This is what art of poverty is. Mm-hmm. And this is what is not actually exfoliating anything, it's unreaching something. Mm-hmm. I would, if I have to find a definition, I would call it a rich art,
2: mm-hmm. not
1: art for the rich but a rich art that enriches people's soul. That is what Arte Povera for me is. It is something that is capable to enrich you everyday life. Mm -hmm. This is what we want to do when we have a visitor coming to Mm Magazzino. This is why we have included donkeys in our grounds because grounds uh, and donkeys are part of everyday life. Uh, so when you go and you admire these wonderful uh little animals that they want interact with you you're also creating a piece of art a life piece of art that is part of that uh, arte povera uh, concept that germano cherished and uh, and one of the uh, also um, major players in the group art program that I am leaving last but not least uh, is Michelangelo Pistoletto.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Michelangelo originally created for us Stracci Italian, which is an Italian deadline.
0: And that is indeed the image that uh, uh, drew me to find out more about Magazzino uh, Italian art, and uh, uh, this is the, the piece you were just mentioning, uh, Stracci.
1: Michelangelo originally uh, created this work for the Olnix Spanu art program. I had asked uh, several artists, and he's the one who responded um, to us with this work to create uh, a sculpture, a, a, a piece of art that uh, would serve as a beacon, as a, uh, a direction to the young artists coming to develop the only art program uh, artwork. So this had to be an inspiration to them. And it becomes such a great inspiration to us that when we opened Magazzino, Nancy decided uh, that, the Stracci Italiani had no longer reason to be part of our residence, but it had to be installed permanently for the viewers to to visit the magazine in the lobby of the museum, where it still stands today and where I hope it will stand for many years to come. Uh, And Michelangelo has uh, uh, created many, many, moments of magic for Magazino. But one thing above all is the performance that he created by rolling a newspaper sphere composed with all the newspapers that had for the first time talk about magazine: The New York Times, the Wall Street Journal and the Financial Times, the the two local uh, um, BCNR and the current, which are the two newspapers of uh, Philipstown, et cetera, et cetera. He created a sphere that he had originally, he recreated actually, re-announced uh, something that he had originally done in Torino uh, at, uh, at the end of the 1960s to create awareness that the workers of Fiat and all the metal workers in town. Had wages that they were under uh, the, the the wages that they deserved, and this is another something very important to say that all of these artists were all very highly politically engaged, and they were all uh, with the the the, the workers, the protecting uh, the 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 less richer, protected and share their art with uh, uh, the the people. And that is another aspect that fascinated us. And this performance that Michelangelo did was absolutely incredible. uh, Followed after by another performance by Marinella Senatore who did uh, another performance in Cold Spring with uh, involving coinvolgendo as we say in Italian, the entire community. Mm -hmm. Michelangelo did something very generous at the end of this uh, performance. He donated the Sphere to magazine. You have to know that Sfera has been created for many other events, including the additional uh, 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 work by IMP at the Louvre in Paris. But the Sfera was always sold at auction. One of magazzino was donated by Michelangelo to the local community of the Hudson Valley and to the village of Cold Spring. And is today on view a magazzino where it will remain forever. Uh, so uh, my, Michelangelo was not, not only a friend, was a generous friend, and still is a big inspiration to us. And we recently created uh, a sculpture in his honor uh, to follow the Terzo Paradiso. Magazzino is an ambassador of Terzo Paradiso. And uh, if you want to know more, just to Google Terzo Paradiso and you will find what uh, what is all about. And we will be presenting this sculpture soon. We just finished uh, to, to put it together. It's actually composed of stones uh, rocks that were, uh, that are coming from the excavation of the foundation of the Robert Olnick Pavilion, which is the addition to magazine. So these rocks came from there, came from the, the site, came from the earth. And we have done nothing to the rocks, but aligned them in this uh, almost like number eight sign, that is the infinity sign, that Michelangelo has created for Terzo Paradiso. And this is what uh, we we want uh, the visitors to
0: share. Fantastic. I could not have hoped for a better uh, introduction to Magazzino, which has made my desire to come and visit and maybe have the privilege to meet you um, and uh, Nancy in person. Um, because, uh, um, again, the, the mission, uh, the fact of uh, um, the privilege and the pleasure that you have communicating and about um, about sharing the art and everything that uh, um, has been part of you and Nancy's life with everyone and for the many, many, many years to come for everyone is indeed incomiabile And uh, within a um as I said, with that, our, unfortunately our time together is up and Il Big Ben ha to stop. And it's time for us to say arrivederci and alla prossima. We just, want to, please. One last
1: word I want to say. First, mm-hmm. I want to thank you. And I want to thank you everyone who is listening to this long uh, talk. I hope I was uh, capable, capable to convey what Maragino is all about. and. Uh, I just want to take uh, this moment to thank everyone who has visited Magazzino and to all those that lately have uh, uh, joined our membership. We very recently uh, started a membership uh, and uh, which is uh, available online on the site of Magazzino. We need help. We need help from everyone who can give and okay. a- anything that can be given to Magazzino is Important. It is very important for the programming. We can no longer do by ourselves. What is started uh, with uh, uh, something that I thought I would share with a couple of friends is becoming much more important. And that, uh, unfortunately, uh, this important has a, a cost and this cost uh, uh, we can no longer, uh, Nancy and I, uh, do by ourselves so we need whatever help we can get and hopefully we can get some friends in Pittsburgh as well.
0: Thank you. Absolutely and uh, to become a member you can visit the uh, site at www.magazzino.art and again also engage with uh, the the collections and also I believe there is a podcast There is almost like a walking tour of the magazino and then, uh, as I say, go and visit, but mainly support what has been, again, uh, the act of generosity first, but now it's art for all of us. So um, it is absolutely right that we all contribute to the mission. So we want to thank everyone for tuning into the program. And if you have any questions or comments, or if you have any topics you would like us to address, Please contact us at the Italian Radio Hour at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And remember, if you or any of your family and friends have missed a prior episode or would like to listen to this episode again, please visit our website at www.istitutomundoitaliano.org and click on the Italian Radio Hour tab. You can also subscribe to the Italian Radio Hour on YouTube or where you catch your favorite uh, podcasts. Again, I would like to profusely thank Giorgio Spano for all of his time and his mission. Our sponsors, Istituto Mondo Italiano, La Prima Espresso and Alla Boara for the music. Until next time, alla prossima, ciao, ciao.
1: Arrivederci.